Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Genesis, chapter 35, starting verse 1. Bring your family to God's house. Return back home to the Lord. Leave the world behind you and come back to Jesus and bring your loved ones with you, even your own family. This is the story of Jacob. He had met the Lord personally. He had supernatural encounters and dreams and angels and hearing God's voice and God's promises and breakthroughs and blessings and miracles and protections. And now he wants to bring his family with him. He wants them to experience God and for them themselves to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And so he will bring them to God's house it is the town called Bethel. The place Bethel means house of God, and it was a spiritual place of uh, divine encounter. It's where he met the Lord, and now he brings with him his entire clan to meet God. And we must do the same thing, right? Once you become a Christian, you want to bring your family, your friends, your loved ones to God's house. And everyone must have their own personal relationship with the Lord. We say God has no grandkids, right? He only has his kids direct. And so either you're a born-again child of God or you're not, but you're uncle, your aunt, your cousin, your mother, your grandfather, maybe they were devout Christian, they cannot make you become Christian. You must come of your own free will. Move into God's house, or again, Bethel translates God's house. Let's read it. Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and live there and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Do you remember the story? <laughs> Two twin brothers fighting. Uh, Jacob was the conniver, the wrestler trying to steal. Well, he did steal the birthright and father's blessing, and his brother was so mad, I am going to kill you. And so he flees for his life, all alone, traveling in the desert, and he has a supernatural encounter with God. And now he's retracing his steps. He's returning to the place where he first met the Lord and had a personal relationship with him. Has that happened to you? Maybe you went back to that old church where you got saved, that Christian camp where God did a revival and you met Jesus. Maybe at the steps of the altar you know the place. Maybe you were in some tragic accident 
or some hospital bed where God got your attention and you prayed and you received the Lord. Uh, I got to go back home on this last trip and I went to my old church, little tiny Baptist church. And when you're little, I used to think that church was gigantic and now as an adult, that church is so little, <laughs> right? And that's where I received the Lord, the altar. Oh, that's where I prayed. That's the spot. And I asked Jesus into my heart. And he comes to build an altar. He comes to renew, to remember, to repent, and to redo. Sometimes we got to go backwards with the Lord in order to go forwards. Jacob returns to Bethel. And this is the place where he had a dream, a vision from God, Jacob's ladder, and you remember the access to God, and uh, angels climbing up and down between heaven and earth. This was Genesis 28, verse 19. Verse 2. So Jacob said to his household, to his family, and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods which are among you, and purify yourselves, and change your garments. You see, Jacob wants to take his family on the spiritual journey with him. And in order to encounter and to experience the true God, you got to put away the false gods, the idols, the pagan symbols. You got to clean it up on the outside physically and clean it up on the inside. Do you see what he's saying? Put away the gods, purify yourself, prepare your heart, and change your clothes. Show God some respect. You know, as little kids, my parents would say, okay, you're going to take a bath. You're going to put on your Sunday best. You're going to show some respect for God. We're going to God's house. And we used to have this attitude of we're going to pray before we go to church. We're going to open our hearts. Maybe during worship, we're going to focus on the Lord and get all the junk, all the distractions out of the way so we can experience what God has to say. You see that? So we kind of prepare ourselves for the Lord. And Jacob is teaching his kids, this is how you prepare yourself to meet God. Dump the idols. Verse 3. And let us arise and go up to Bethel. Again, Bethel is God's house. And I will make an altar there to God. How do you make an altar? You could do one in your backyard. You could do a pile of stones. And it can be a place where you sit in your chair and you pray. Your altar could be your closet, and inside maybe you have a candle, a light, you have your Bible, and you just sit and talk to God. I pray to him, and he speaks to me through his holy word. And an altar is a place where you seek God and you commune with him. Maybe your quiet place where you meet God, you sing and you worship. Maybe you're a musician, you bring your piano, your guitar. Maybe your altar is a place of sacrifice. 
And you say, God, help me to overcome this sin, this addiction, this vice. I want to put you first. I want to sacrifice to you. And so Jacob is teaching by example to his family how to build an altar. Maybe you need to teach your kids how to do an altar to the Lord. Made an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. What is he telling his kids? God's been there. Listen to my stories. Man, I was running from my twin brother. He almost killed me. Oh my gosh, uh, I had this grief and this pain. I went through this car accident and the Lord was there. I prayed and he healed me. You ever tell your kids your stories? of how God came through. It's easy. You just share your life with them and tell them how Jesus came into your heart, how God gave you that miracle, how the Lord put you two together, how God blessed you with these beautiful babies and grandbabies. And you just take a few minutes and you tell them your story from your heart. And maybe you share your pains and your hurts and your tears. And you might think, oh, I ain't going to do that. Well, how are you going to change their lives? How are you going to show them that God is real if you don't tell them the real things he did for you? This is very powerful. And if you opened your heart and your soul to your kids and grandkids, it can change them forever and maybe bring them to the Lord. So he's been with me on all my travels, all my journeys, all my paths, the good times and the bad times, God has come through. He's rescued me. I was thinking of the old country song. When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He's watching me, right? He cares about the birds of the air, and he cares about me. He's always watching and traveling with me through all my days, all my journeys. God has come through. Verse 4, so they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods which they had and the rings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak, which was near Shechem. A lot of times you become a Christian and not your family. Jacob knows who the true God is, but not all his kids do. They've been carrying their little gods around. And can I tell you, even Jacob's favorite wife, his true love, Rachel, she stole her daddy's gods, do you remember? And she hid them. And her, her father Laban, where's my gods? I don't know, but I can't rise. You know, and she's sitting on them, right, hiding them. Sometimes we carry gods and pagan things from our past and from our old family. And now in this new family, as daddy's become a Christian, he's like, oh, we're going to get rid of those things. You know, maybe the old family, we had vices and sins and addictions and, and drugs and 
of family members getting high and drunk together, but now daddy's new. And he's like, we're getting rid of those old things. We're going to live the Christian life in this family. I've had church members, when they got saved, the head of the house said, you know what? We're going to have an alcohol-free home. We're going to have a pot-free home. We're going to have a drug-free home. And he told all the family members, we're flushing it, we're trashing it, we're burning it. It ain't going to be in my home anymore. And they had to go to war. They had to battle. But they got all that junk out of their home. They took a stand. I've done that one. Get rid of all the gods and the rings. The kids have volunteered. Oh, yes, Daddy, we're getting rid of all the gods. And now we're taking off our earrings, the pagan symbols, the symbols of Canaan, the symbols of other religions and the occult. You know, sometimes we have symbols and T-shirts and jewelry and junk from our past. And they're like, Daddy, I'm going to pull off these earrings because, you know, this one's evil. It's a pentagram, and that represents the devil. Oh, this one's an Egyptian god. Oh, this, this symbol represents something nasty and perverse. I need to get that out of my life. And the kids and the family are cleansing themselves from these earrings, which were amulets. They were witchcraft. They were pagan deities. They were good luck charms. You know, maybe from your family past, oh yeah, we always played with the tarot cards, the Ouija boards, the astrology, you know, a little bit of witchcraft, some evil games, evil movies, and God's like, get rid of it. And what does daddy do with it? He buries it in the ground. He leaves it in that wicked city, Shechem. You need to take the things of the world and trash them and bury them and leave them behind in the wicked city that you have left. Do you see it? I was thinking of these earrings, Hosea 2.13. You know, Hosea had to battle this with his own wife. She was a prostitute and he was a priest. Go figure. I will punish her for the days of the Baals, these are the pagan gods, when she used to offer sacrifice to them or adorn herself with her earrings and jewelry. Because when you worship the pagan gods, you dress the part, the clothing, the jewelry, the symbols. And God says, get rid of it, shed it, bury it, dump it. Verse 5, as they journeyed, there was a great terror upon the cities which were around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Everybody's afraid they've heard the story. Did you hear what Jacob's sons did? All oh, those two Tasmanian devils, those boys are wicked, and they slaughtered and they hacked up all that little town, killed all the men. We're scared of them, their holy terrors, their reputation. Also, I wonder if there's a holiness and God's protection that they dare not touch Jacob and his family. Verse 6, 
So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, again, house of God, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all his people who were with him. He built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, where it's like God, God's house, giving God the glory, because there God had revealed himself to him when he had fled from his brother. Oh, that was the place that the Lord was with me. That's the place my car broke down. That's the hospital I almost died and God came through, right? That's the spot where God helped me. Sometimes we have to go backwards and remember the blessings, the miracles, the things that God has got you through in order to go forward. Does that make sense? Retreat with God in order to advance with him to remember. Verse 8, now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried below Bethel under the oak. It was named Alan Bakuth. Verse 9. Accept your new identity. You have a new name. When you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ. Now, Jacob was given a new name by God. Do you remember what it was? Israel. You're no longer Jacob. This is when he's fighting the angel of the Lord, who I believe was a Christophanes. It was Jesus come down from heaven, because it's a man. It's a man he's fighting. And he sees him face to face, and he says, I've seen the face of God. And Jesus had to leave before the sunrise. Don't be discovered, hiding in the dark, wrestling all night as Jacob is crying and praying and travailing and working through his fear and his pain because tomorrow he may die with all his family because his brother has come with 400 warrior soldiers. And so he wrestles with God all night long and God gives him a new name, a new identity. And God has to remind him of his new name and tell him, you need to start using your new name, Israel. So the old name Jacob meant deceiver, conniver, trickster, heel catcher. That's his old life. His new name kind of refers to like, one governed by God, one who has strived with God. Have you ever just striven with the Lord? I got to know him. I have to experience him. I need to get a breakthrough from the Lord, and I must wrestle and fight with him and get my blessing. And he cries and he begs, I won't let go of you until you bless me. A new name, a new identity, a new future. Verse 9. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram, and he blessed him. Many blessings. Jacob is big. Jacob is rich. Jacob has an entourage. Jacob has many kids and grandkids. Jacob has flocks and animals. I mean, he gave his brother a peace offering, kind of an inheritance to me, worth five 
$100,000. So if he can give that type of gift to Esau, think how much he kept. He's very blessed. Verse 10, God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. Thus he called him Israel, his new name, his new identity. Now I'll tell you a secret. Every Christian will get a new name. Jesus promises it in the book of Revelation. He has these special stones, these white rocks, that our secret name is written on, and he will give us all our new name. Sometimes God gives you a new name now, a new identity now. When we get to heaven, everything will become brand new, and the work of the Holy Spirit will finally be complete in us. The work that he started, he will complete. And eventually we will reach our glorification, our resurrected supernatural bodies. Verse 11, God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Do you realize who God is? He has all power. He's omnipotent. Oh God, it's not going to work and we're going to fail. Do you know who God is? God Almighty. If he promised you, if he blessed you, if he gave you a new name, a new identity, a new future, a new home, you can trust him. He has the power to complete it. I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come forth from you. I think of King David. I think of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, great men will come through the Jews, through Israel and his 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. Great leaders will come and change the world. Verse 12. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you. I will give the land to your descendants after you. And here we've been following the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They've all received the promise given and repeated again and again. Just as I promised your father and the son, and now the grandson, you're all going to get the blessing, and you're going to pass it on to your descendants, on to the 12 tribes of Israel, on to the Jews, and they will get the promised land. Can I tell you, the Jews live in the promised land, and I think they're expanding their borders, and I think they're going to fight for their land. And when I've been to Israel, they say, oh, never again, no one's going to take our land away. We'll fight to the death. And now Israel's got the nukes, and they're not afraid to use them. It's their land. It's written in the Bible. It's the promises of God. It even gives the deeds and the boundaries of the land, and the Jews will open the Old Testament and say, God promised us this land, and everybody wants to take their land. But I don't think so. Not again. Verse 13. 
Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. Sometimes we have to go back and hear from God again. That special place. Maybe you have a place down on the river, a place in the mountains. Maybe it's in your backyard. What did Jesus say? Go into your inner room, to your closet, and pray to your heavenly Father in secret. Do you have a secret place with God? I've had some gardens, my backyard, my lawn, and sometimes God gives me a dream. He gives me a scripture. He gives me a word. And I'm like, what? This is what you're supposed to do. This is the next step. Verse 14. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he, God, had spoken with him. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.